0: Tuesday
1: Night Mystery Club. Hello and welcome to the Tuesday Night Mystery Club. I'm your host, not Caitlin.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, as Michael said, (laughs) he's not Caitlin, but I am. Um, Yeah, this is the Tuesday Night Mystery Club, a show where I tell guests a mystery story and they try and guess the solution. As mentioned before, I'm Caitlin McCluskey, your host, and today um, your favorite guest is back, my boyfriend, Ma- Michael. My favorite guest is back. <laughs> Hi, Michael.
1: Hello. Hello.
0: So, uh, Michael's been busy. He has a, you know, he had to go to the moon. He was um, participating in a bunch of mountain bike races, races. He. Um, he was performing some concerts on his guitar, right, Michael?
1: Yep. Yeah. Just a quick tour. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a big deal. No, no. He just, just went just, just like every in country in the world. Yeah.
0: Starting in Europe. Starting,
1: yeah. Not not a big deal.
0: What was your favorite place to visit?
1: Uh Italy. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. Best food.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Good concert venues too. <laughs> you played in the like Pantheon stuff, right? Oh wait, is that in Greece? <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I think it is. <laughs> Okay. Um, so today, Michael has Michael has done, I think you've done Agatha Christie's and Dorothy L. Sayers' story, right? I don't remember. Has been a while.
1: It's been a while and we've done a few.
0: Yeah. So what's your, I can't remember if you've guessed any
1: of them. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe not.
0: In, the, in I'll
1: let the viewers go back and watch them to figure that out.
0: I will try and leave, in the description box, I'll leave the episode numbers that Michael has been on before because I honestly can't remember. It's I thought you were going to say you
1: are going to leave a score.
0: No, I'm not going to listen to them back. Okay. If you want to know if Michael's done well, you have to go back and listen for yourself.
1: <laughs> Alright, I won't say.
0: <laughs> okay. So, today, though, we're doing a story called The Ordinary Hairpins, and it's by E.C. Bentley, who's a new author. I had never actually read any of his books before. Um, It's from 1916. So what happened was E.C. Bentley wrote this story called Trent's Last Case. And it was hugely, like, widely round. People really liked it. I think it got a lot of acclaim from mystery authors at the time. And because it was so well received, he wrote three short stories, one of them The Ordinary Hairpins. So I, I got it from, I have a book called Classic Mystery Stories, edited by Douglas G. Green. And it just has... whole bunch of as it says classic mystery stories and this counts as one because it kind of was going through the ages it has like um charles dickens Edgar Allan poe stuff like that wilkie collins of course actually i'm going to come back to that one at some point it's called the bitter bit is in this story so anyways i had heard about um ec bentley and i thought it'd be fun to uh do one of his short stories michael's googling all these people
1: i want to see how old these people are right this... The answer is old.
0: <laughs> this story was written in 1916. And then he, E.C. Bentley, so the first book he wrote was called Trent's Last Case. But again, it did so well that he ended up having to like revive Trent and bring him back for these other stories. I see. Okay. So the story starts out, um, this guy, Lord Avimore, he's, uh, he's at a sitting getting his portrait done by Philip Trent. So Philip Trent is the, I guess, detective that's, was in trent's last case and avamore lord Avimore asks about a painting that trent had done of his sister-in-law so his brother had married this woman and trent had painted her portrait before and so trent kind of talks about he brings it out to show him he had, he had put it away because he thought it was in bad taste to leave this sister-in-law portrait because the brother and the sister-in-law are dead so oh. i think that was part of like why it was in bad taste so he brings it out though because lord Avonmore asked to see it and the woman's name was lillimore wurgeland she's norwegian so i i'm definitely getting the pronunciation wrong and um she was extremely beautiful like long blonde golden hair just um like kind of i think stereotypically beautiful features and she had been a singer she had like a gorgeous voice so Trent had never actually met this woman. He had just seen her in her stage performances, her, like, her concerts or whatever, um, seen her on the stage and had painted her picture from that memory. So she was born, he finds out from Lord Avonmore that she was born to Norwegian peasants. So I think there had been some issues when they, um, her and the brother had gotten married. Lord Avonmore hadn't approved because she wasn't from um, no, the nobility, which at this time, the night 19- Early nineteen hundreds is like you should be marrying the same class, right? But I think he had eventually come around to her because she'd been such a like lovely, kind woman um, um, and a good wife. So he asked. He kind of is wondering if he can buy the portrait because he again because these people are dead. But um, Trent says that he won't sell because to him she reminds him of like a goddess. Like he kind of like puts her on a pedestal, and he's just p- p- the portrait is too gorgeous. He's not willing to sell.
1: So, let me just double check something. So yeah. this Lord Avamore guy, yeah, his brother this is his brother's uh, wife, right? Yeah okay. his sister-in-law, yeah, brother's wife got it.
0: yeah. so
1: and and his brother is dead, and this sister-in-law, Liillamore is also dead.
0: She is. yeah. so let me tell you that story Got it. So Lord Avamore kind of goes into it because the public wouldn't have known all the details. So Trent wouldn't have known all of this. There's no internet, Michael, in case you're wondering so they couldn't just look this up. Um, so what had happened was he had just Lord Avonmore had been in Canada he had just returned the next day finds out that his brother and his brother's son have died in an earthquake and so he goes out there it's like in um, the ta- what was the town called Te- ta- Taramina it's somewhere in southern so, southeastern Europe I think okay um, where's Sicily is that in Italy
1: yeah.
0: Okay, maybe it was in Italy. Okay, in Europe. <laughs> okay. Um, and he goes out to see his sister-in-law, this L- Lillimore woman, the beautiful, golden-haired, beautiful woman. Right. Um, and she keeps blaming herself for the death of her husband and her son, because her young son had died in this earthquake as well. Right. The reason she's blaming herself is because... Her husband, before they had left England, had said he had had, like, a premonition that there was going to be death on this trip and he didn't want to go. Mm. And she, not being a superstitious person, had convinced him that, like, it's not a problem. Nothing's going to happen. We can still go on this, like, on our vacation. And then he, they had died in this earthquake. The building had collapsed on them. When, and she wasn't there. So she hadn't died. So she blames herself now.
1: Right. What's the brother and brother's son's names?
0: I'm never brought up. Okay. Because they died so long ago. Right. They're really just talking about this one woman, Lillimore. So apparently Lillimore then committed suicide by drowning herself. So that's how, how she had died. Right. And so I think the, the point that the public wouldn't have known about was that she blamed herself for her husband's death. Right. So it was months later that Trent was summoned to a Mr. Selby, who's a lawyer. And he was actually a lawyer in the this Avamore case. So Lillimore, Mr. Selby was Lillimore's lawyer. And so when her husband had died, she had summoned him to come act on her behalf to Italy or wherever they were, this town.
1: I need a second to catch up. <laughs> what was the thing about the lawyer?
0: So Mr. Selby is was Lilla, Lillimore's lawyer. Right. And so when her husband had died, she had summoned Mr. Selby. Right, okay. So so he comes to kind of act on her behalf and uh, he kind of is just kind of telling her okay, so he had been he had been summoned out to act on her behalf and also she wanted to write a will because she just inherited one, she had a lot of money herself because she's this like famous singer Right. two, she's now inherited a nobility's wealth her right. husband's wealth so she's now worth a lot of money she wants to write a will she leaves 2,000 pounds to her brother whose name is um, Nut Wurgeland. Um, she had been adopted out of that family, I think brought into England when she was 10. Mm-hmm. So she leaves 2,000 pounds to him, which is a lot at that time. She leaves 100 pounds to her maid, Maria. And then the rest, the entirety of her fortune, she leaves to her brother-in-law, Lord Abomor.
1: Oh, okay. I wonder how much money that is today. What What's the setting here? It's
0: 1916... 2,000 pounds. Wow. How much is it, Michael, in today's dollars?
1: Uh, I just need a conversion from dollars to pounds. (laughs)
0: $2,000 would be $38,000 in today's dollars, right?
1: Oh, not bad. Just like 50 grand.
0: 50 grand American. Yeah. Okay. So then convert that to pounds. It's probably, I mean, it would be the 38,000 pounds.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot of money
0: julius that's the brother i feel like that like anyways that's where we're at the brother-in-law mr selby the lawyer doesn't think the brother-in-law knew he was inheriting all this money but he's like he was and still is to this day a huge um philanthropist like he donates so much money he works in a lot of charities right and so the reason that the money had been left to the brother-in-law not the brother that's little brother the brother-in-law lord avamore $2,000
1: Two thousand dollars was given to her brother. Her brother, right? yep Oh, you're saying Avamore is the is the philanthropist.
0: Avamore is the philanthropist. The, um Lillamore's brother is a peasant in Norway.
1: Not anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the brother's a big. The sorry, Lord Avamore is a big philanthropist. Okay. And so she kind of just like knew that he would do a, do with the money some good deeds, and so was happy leaving it to him. Right. Okay, so when the time came to go back to London, when she had kind of, like, recuperated, um, they had uh, taken a night... We're going to, have to be taking a night boat first to Venice and then, like, a train to Paris and then back to London or something like that. So they get on the boat. She, like, immediately says that she has a headache and wants to some of them to send her the person to check her ticket right away so she can go to bed. The maid comes by to Mr. Selby's room and, like, lets him know that... Uh, she has, she's retired, that Lillimar is retired. And it isn't until the next morning that Mr. Selby is awakened by Lord Avamore saying Lillimar is missing. She's not in her berth. Mm-hmm. So sure enough, they go to check the berth, her, her room, and the bed hasn't been slept in. There's no one in the room, but there is a note on, on the nightstand. I'll read that to you.
1: Okay.
0: Okay, so the note said... Such an ending to such a marriage is far worse than death. It was all my fault. This is not sorrow. It is complete destruction. I have been kept up until now only by the resolution I took on the day when I lost them. By the thought of what I am going to do now, I take my leave of a world I cannot bear anymore.
1: Okay, so it's a suicide note. Basically,
0: read as suicide note.
1: Is it real though?
0: Right. So that's, I think... The reason so this is year this is like six years later or something after this death, and Mr. Selby is just now he's called on Trent to basically be like, You're a fixer of things. Something doesn't feel right to me about all of this. Right. And so that's why we're getting into it now. Um, and he he's just done this portrait for Lord Atomore. So he kind of he's getting this from a couple of ends. So one, the paper that the note was written on was paper that is Almost exclusively used in Canada and sold in Canada. That's the first thing I think is weird. The second thing is that the ink that was used was a low grade ink, and Trent places it as like uh, ink that's used in hotels on the continent. So he's like, yeah, that's hotel ink, that's cheap ink. Mm -hmm. Third, no pen or pad of paper were found in her birth. So they're kind of basically saying this note has to have been written. It can't have been she like it can't have been written in her birth unless she then took the pad of paper and pen with her over
1: overboard or whatever. Right. And sorry, they're on a a boat right now.
0: Yeah, they're taking a boat from somewhere to Venice. It's an overnight boat, so she apparently went to bed as soon as they got on the boat, and they haven't discovered she's missing until the next morning when everyone's waking up.
1: I see. And then sorry, who you said the there was some maid. Yeah, so her
0: maid, Maria.
1: The one she paid?
0: The one she paid. So, has been with her for years, is also Norwegian. She's the one that discovers that the that the Lillimore is missing. She's not in her room. The maid did it. <laughs> Excuse me, Michael, can you say that louder? I said the
1: maid did it. It's always the maid.
0: <laughs> it's always the maid. There always is a maid, so there's always a chance.
1: Okay, I see.
0: Okay, so he also, Mr. Selby also has her purse that was found in her room. Um, he'd asked Lord Avamore of like the disposable property and Lord Avamore had basically been like, I don't care about the purse do whatever you want with it and Mr. Selby had kept it as a memento basically so he has the purse. So they go through the contents and there's a couple of things that, that Trent finds noteworthy One, he's particularly interested in four black new looking hairpins Okay And two, there was a box of seasickness tablets and two doses were gone
1: okay
0: okay so he tells mr selby that he'll look into it he'll see what he can do and they should meet next friday for dinner and if he's found anything he'll let him know but mr selby basically says oh oh mr selby brings up one more thing uh there had been one thing they had found strange at the hotel before they boarded the boat to venice it had been a couple days before and he'd been waiting at the hotel desk because he was waiting for a package and he had noticed that there was a package there for the maid maria and it was nicely done up like we've done in brown paper and string posted stamps from france and like kind of looked like it was from like a first class shop and the maid had taken the package and on her way up the stairs her mistress lillimore had been coming down and she'd handed the package to lillimore okay so I think, I think it was the idea. He found it strange that it seemed that Lillimore had ordered this thing and used her maid's name to order it. So the next week when Selby, Mr. Selby and Trent get together, it seems that Trent has no new news and kind of feels upset about the problem, and so they don't discuss it. Okay. Okay, Michael, this is where we leave the problem. Can you tell me what you think happened? No. <laughs> okay, I'll let you go through your notes and think about it
1: where where are these people based like where's the savamore guy from
0: uh england England. london let's say
1: what about the lawyer where's he from
0: london mr selby
1: so everyone's from london except the except um lillimore and the maid right and her brother right and this package she got where was it from
0: uh i think the mr selby thought it had french postage stamps
1: but they don't, they don't know anyone in France.
0: Right. But he does say he thinks it was. It looks like it's done up by a boutique. Because of, like, the fancy paper and whatever that was used. He kind of says it was the size of, like, a box of chocolates. By the way, we're at the 20-minute mark. So we have done this pretty quickly.
1: Oh, nice. I could just sit here and think for the next hour?
0: Yeah, you can think for as long as you want. I'm just letting you know.
1: Okay. Okay, so... So basically, there's this rich guy who's... Why is he at uh, Philip Trent's place again?
0: He's getting his portrait done. Trent is painting Trent is like some artist? Yeah, apparently. And again, maybe if we had read the first... Trent's last case, the first book, we'd know all about him. But I haven't, so...
1: Okay. So he's getting his portrait done. And then he knows that there's some portrait of his sister-in-law, this little more person who died.
0: Right.
1: Who supposedly killed herself. Right. And then they start talking about the whole backstory about how her brother... How her husband and son died in that earthquake. Right. And she feels guilty because her husband had some premonition that he was going to die. And she was like, suck it up. You're not going to die. You're going to be fine. Right. And then he actually died. Yes. So, okay. And then after uh, her husband and son die, some lawyer comes out of nowhere for... Because of all the money she's inheriting?
0: No, no, no. She, she calls to London and asks for the lawyer to come be with her.
1: But how do they know this lawyer? Just some random lawyer? No, no,
0: no. Just Mr. Selby was, has been her Like, people this rich all would just have lawyers, right? Okay. This was her lawyer.
1: So she calls her lawyer because she has all this money now.
0: So she needs... I think there's partly, like, because she's now a woman without a husband, she needs someone to be with her to take care of, like, business expenses and stuff and she wants to write a will
1: her husband's the one who had all the money right she had like she she was wealthy because she was a famous singer but he was wealthy because he came from a wealthy family yeah the same family as the album because they were brothers
0: right and they make it sound like she was independently wealthy like she had a ton of money herself okay so maybe like equal equals in how much money they had
1: okay so now she's extra loaded right and wants to write a will, right? And is it in her will that she gives money to her brother and maid, or yeah. she just does no, that? No, no,
0: That's in her will she disposes. Okay. So in life. the
1: event of her death, the, the money goes to those people. Right. And she does this immediately before getting on a boat to go back to Venice, where she supposedly kills herself.
0: Pretty much. Like a couple of days after her husband's death, and maybe a week or so before um, they got on a boat.
1: Okay. And then as she gets on the boat, she says she's going straight to bed. And the next morning, the lawyer's woken up by the maid. By the maid, right?
0: Yes, by the maid. Or, um, no, no, no. By Avamor. He's woken up by Avamor. The night before, the maid had said, okay, my, my mistress is retired, now I'm going to bed too.
1: Where's the maid when they find that this lady's missing?
0: She's around, I think. I just don't think she was, well, no, I think she might have been the one, she was, no, you're right, she was knocking on her mistress's door and got no answer, so she had gone and found Lord Avamore, brought Lord Avamore over, still no answer, they got a key from some of the hotels, not the hotel, the boat staff, unlocked the door and found that she was missing, and then they woke up Mr. Silpy.
1: Okay, so there has to be some motive for killing her, probably Mm -hmm. money, Mm -hmm. and there has to be opportunity. Okay. So who is the opportunity to kill her? Maid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right.
1: Before she gets on the boat, you mentioned that there's the package, right? That came from France. Yes. And it was the size of a box of chocolates. Right. So I feel like there's some connection between that box and her getting sick. Okay. So I obviously somebody sent her something that was like not good.
0: Okay. Why would she get sick?
1: I don't know. Somebody's trying to poison her.
0: Okay. So that's how she died.
1: I don't know, maybe. Okay. Um,
0: He wasn't saying it was a box of chocolates. He was just saying, like, size-wise, it wasn't, like, a giant parcel. It was just... Hmm. Also not to say it wasn't a box of chocolates.
1: But they you also said that they sent it to the maid, not to her. Right. And the maid gave it to the Lamar. Yes. And her husband and son died in an earthquake. Where were they going?
0: No, they were staying at, like, a villa for their vacation. They were on vacation, or...
1: And they got killed by an earthquake?
0: An earthquake happened and the building collapsed on them.
1: And where was the vacation?
0: Tail. Te- um, what, what did I say?
1: Was it in France?
0: Uh, I don't think so. Terre Mina. Can we Google it?
1: Sounds Italian, not French.
0: Okay, but... Uh, no, I don't think it's in France. I think it's in Italy.
1: I was thinking that there was some connection between, uh... Between the... the the French and, like, maybe, maybe she was trying to get some other documents or something from, like, the building that killed her. Oh, okay. I I, don't know.
0: It doesn't sound like they're in France. I think they're in Italy. I think they were near Sicily.
1: Well, I mean, okay, so I was talking about the, the opportunity and motive. Right. If knows he's going to get all the money, you know. Yeah. But I guess maybe he liked her. (laughs) Sure. So why would he kill her, besides for the money?
0: He also would be a, like, he'd be fairly rich himself, but this was, yeah, double the fortune. It was, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, it seems like he's already got, he's already got money, so.
0: Yeah. What do you think about the contents of the purse?
1: Oh, right. Well, I guess the name of this is called the Ordinary Hairpins. It is. They're probably important. They might be. <laughs> the hell? I don't know. <laughs> there's four hairpins and two of four pills missing.
0: No, no, no. Two of them, like, there's a box of seasick tablets. Right. And two of them have been taken. Yeah. Okay. It's not two of four. Oh, I two, never said just that two one.
1: pills missing. Yep. Oh, well, now I've got to figure it out.
0: Yeah. Now that clears everything up, right?
1: <sighs> and then the note, the suicide note, was on... Was on... Poor paper, like bad paper, cheap ink.
0: No, it was Canadian paper, cheap ink.
1: Canadian paper.
0: I mean, it also could have been bad if you consider Canada. It's a terrible country that no one should live in and only produces bad paper.
1: <sighs> this Adam Moore guy's from Canada, right?
0: He had just gotten back from Canada. He was doing business there, but he's from England.
1: Okay, well, that's a little more suspicious. I'm not sure why the hairpins play into this. Mm-hmm. They're black, so are they for like a funeral?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good thought process, maybe.
1: No, I really, don't, I really <laughs> don't know what the hairpins are for.
0: <laughs> okay, that's fine.
1: They're clearly like important, though. Like they have to be important.
0: If you think so, I'm gonna use this. I there's a TikTok. You've seen the TikTok trend where people like say something and then they make a face because it's like no we don't mean that yeah do you actually know what i'm talking about yeah yeah yeah. okay i'm gonna do a tiktok trend about me answering your questions
1: oh like the, one... <laughs>
0: <laughs> the hairpins have to be important <laughs> Dr- they weren't
1: important <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm not saying that yet no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> but that's the trend
0: Yeah I'm going to try and use this episode no. See follow follow the Instagram At Tuesday Night Mystery Club To see that reel coming out soon <laughs> Hopefully
1: <laughs> But like I'm tempted to just say That this I have a more person killed her Sure But just chucked her over the boat But I don't get what the hairpins have to do with any of this
0: You had to fit everything into your story
1: And I don't know what the package is for Right because it came from France, that's the part that served me off. Mm-hmm. I don't know what business she has in France. It's the only other time it's mentioned. But that's the only time it's mentioned. Right. So maybe it's not important. Right. Maybe she just bought some fancy stuff. Mm-hmm. Or, or did you say that she was going to France and then to London?
0: Yeah, I think they're, uh, like, it's, they're just trying to take the fastest way home. So, I don't... They are going to go through Paris, but it was more about, like, the train... The only train to London is from Paris. Because isn't it that underground thing?
1: I don't think the Eurostar existed in the 1900s.
0: Oh, did they have to take a boat? I don't know. That's a really good point. Isn't
1: France, like, only water accessible on the north side?
0: What? France... Yeah, the north of France.
1: So why would you take a boat all the way around Europe from Italy to...
0: They're not. They were taking it to Venice. And they were going to take the train to Paris. And then the from... I thought the train from Paris to London. But now you brought up a very good point that I don't know if that train was around. Here, let me look up what they say. Wait, so story. where were
1: they going to from... Where were they they're going? They were in Sicily
0: on her oh, vacation. Oh, they in Sicily. she's, you know, been grieving for the last couple of weeks in Sicily. And she's finally ready to go back to London where she's from. Oh, she okay, lives.
1: okay, 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 okay. Now I understand. So she's going from Sicily to Venice to London. Yeah. To, to Paris to London.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, she to sh- where does it come? Up? To shorten the railway journey, as she told us, she had planned to go by boat first to Brindisi, then to Venice, and so home by rail. The boats from Brindisi to Venice all go in the daytime, except once a week when a boat from Corfu arrives in the evening and goes on about eleven. She decided to get to Brindisi in time to catch that boat, so that was what we did.
1: Also, I was wrong. France is accessible on the south side by water.
0: Yeah, but that's not what they were doing. They were getting Paris train to. I think I think it said somewhere here Paris, but I can't find that anymore. So.
1: Okay, so the the package from France could have been just because that's what she, where she was going next. Possibly. It's definitely important, but I don't know why it's important. Same with the hairpins, right? In her purse, maybe that was from the package. Maybe those the contents of her purse were from the package.
0: Maybe. Uh, the the seasick tablets she had bought in Brindisi with with Mister Zelby. He had been there when she bought them.
1: So I guess maybe just the hairpins.
0: Yeah. You know what, maybe Paris is never mentioned, and I made that up completely.
1: The part where they, like, never find her either is weird. Right. Is she even actually dead?
0: Um, I don't think they find her body. Maybe
1: there's just a wad of cash that came from France. She's like, you know what, Mm. see ya. She's out of there. Maybe. Yeah, she just walked away from her thousands of dollars. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, I want to be poor now. Yeah. Okay, I... I, mm, uh, I don't think it's the maid anymore.
0: Okay, who do you think it is? It's
1: got to be this Avamor guy. But, okay. but like, he's already loaded, so I don't know why he'd kill her for more money, but...
0: But to, for the sake of the podcast, you're going to say Avamor, and you're not sure how to do For the sake
1: else... of... Yeah, for the sake of time, I have okay. to make a decision. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, he just did business in Canada, so he would have the Canadian paper. Right. And they didn't have any pen or paper in a room, but both of them would have stayed in a hotel
0: right yeah
1: I guess here, here's what I'm they thinking they would have
0: been in a hotel in Brindisi or something the night before or, right or, or wherever
1: the, I guess the problem is that there's two possibilities here one is that it's the Avamore guy or oh, I guess the paper was Canadian right so okay one theory it's the, it's Avamore, he's killing her to take her money because he wants to go do something with it um, and he used paper and ink from his previous hotel in, in Canada right the other option is that it's the maid and she just stole the paper and sure. used the the pen from the somewhere. The hotel. I They're don't... saying
0: it's Continental Hotel Inc. Like, anyway, so it would have been a European hotel. Okay. The paper is Canadian.
1: The two pills missing. Maybe, uh, maybe her and the maid both took one and passed out, and okay. then somebody offed her. And the maid has nothing to do with it.
0: Sure. Babe, you gotta pick one. This is seventeen minutes of guessing.
1: Yeah, but you're gonna cut it down. You're gonna cut it down to like three minutes.
0: I'm not. It's. <laughs> yeah, you will. I won't. <sighs>
1: Come on. <laughs> Make me look smart for once. Right?
0: <laughs> Babe, I have a wedding to go to this week. It's a really important one for me. I'm gonna be busy.
1: All right, let's have more. Okay, have more. Did it. Yeah. Got it. I swear, if it's the maid, I'm going to be so upset.
0: <laughs> okay. So, what ends up happening is it's like six months later, and Trent is in a small Norwegian village, and he happens to be staying with Nut, the brother who inherited those 2,000 pounds. And he's out there on, on an artistry journey to paint the landscape of Norway. Uh, and he's been there for a while, and he's been trying to talk to as many people as possible, but no one speaks any of the languages he speaks, they all just speak Norwegian, which he doesn't understand. So he's kind of losing hope that he's, his journey has been worth it. And when he sees like a glimmer, this like something shiny on one of the hills, and he goes to it and finds like, of course it's the um, it's this wire where the, the cows in Norway, basically vacation up in the hills during the summer to graze. And so there will be a milkmaid up there picture Heidi from the swill like the the book where she's up in the hills with her goats okay and um, so they use that that wire for her to for the milkmaid up there with the cows to drop down the pictures of milk that she's milked from the cows to the people waiting below, whatever. Okay. So he's like, okay, oh, and he hikes up, and he gets up to the, the meadows, the flats, at the top of this hill, this mountain. And he sees a woman sitting at a hut, a really decrepit hut, with long, blonde, golden hair.
1: I swear, she's not dead.
0: So he goes up to her, and he, he asks her what's going on, and she doesn't understand English. She replies in Norwegian. And she offers him... She shows she's like been grating chocolate. She offers him hot chocolate. She gives him warm up yeah. some water. And when she gets back, he asks her some questions, and she keeps replying in Norwegian. And she he says, "Lillemar, you can give it up. I know who you are."
1: Why would she do that? No.
0: (laughs) So, so they get into it, and he basically says, "I'm not going to give away your secret. Like this is yours to keep. I just I'm just curious. Like I just want to know basically why." And so she explains that to her, she'd grown up poor. Like this is this was her home. This is what she knew. She felt that there. being she felt it was her fault that her husband and son had died there was no reason for her to like live live in that world anymore not live in general and so had resorted herself to just do like the the go back to like a hard-working life where she worked all day and didn't need to think about kind of what had happened with her husband and so then she asks how did you find out like how'd you know Mm-hmm. And he starts with, well, first of all, the black hairpins that I found in your purse were a dead giveaway because you have long blonde totally hair. Totally agree. And someone with golden blonde hair would never wear black hairpins. Obviously. Because they would just oh, stick how out. how could
1: you not know that?
0: <laughs> so he said, if that was the case, why would you have black hairpins? And I figured that it must you must have been trying to disguise yourself. You must have ordered yourself a dark hair wig, which is what got delivered to you at the hotel in that packaging coming from France and you needed black hairpins because of course you couldn't use your gold ones in it to disguise yourself so you had um, you had gone to your bunk you had already purchased yourself clothes that were, were to be your new identity you had purchased like a second-class boat ticket so as soon as they had checked your ticket in your birth and you had told everyone you're going to bed you snuck out right away and went to stay in your second-class boat berth. Um, for the other person that you had made out to stay as in your disguise and so of course no one was looking for some second class dark haired woman getting off the boat when you had gotten to Venice and so you had been able to get away and the other thing they'd given away to him was the seasickness tabs, he was like why would anyone buy seasickness tabs who knew they were about to kill themselves um, but you couldn't take them with you to like cover the evidence because uh, Mr. Selby had been there when you bought them so they needed to be discovered in your, in your berth, in your purse.
1: What about the note? Why the was note, it on Canadian paper. She
0: asked to. She just ripped out a page from um, Lord Avamore's notebook when they were in the hotel, and used the hotel pen to write the note beforehand. Because it was again pre. Was all premeditated to, so that she could make her escape, after the fact. Da da da. And she had given the two thousand pounds to her brother because she knew she was going to go live there, and she wanted to like basically pay her way that so they would have no problem taking her in.
1: That makes sense. So that's great. So what you can do now is just edit all of this guessing <laughs> to the part where I mentioned <laughs> that she's not dead, and then you could just leave it right there.
0: I'll, I'll edit it some new words. <laughs> if only Michael knew how right he was here.
1: He <laughs> <laughs> could go through and take, like, samples of individual words and then stitch it together.
0: <laughs> you, you, uh, you flatter me with how much time you think I have.
1: <laughs> your editing skills.
0: Thanks. Thanks, babe. So, do you think this make a good TikTok? The black hairpins aren't important. <laughs>
1: they were important. <laughs> no, I mean, you could have guessed it without the black hairpins. Okay. This is debatable. I don't think we needed to know that they were black, right? Or hairpins. What
0: what do you think would have helped?
1: Uh If you just
0: stated a black wig was found, discarded outside the boat?
1: No, honestly, I think they would have thrown me off anyway. <laughs> I think, I think it's like the, you get some very specific details and you're like, oh, the package is from France, maybe that's important, right. but it actually really isn't. Right. And then there's other things that I guess are that yeah. you have to filter out.
0: You have to filter out what is important, what's not. And that is the challenge. Because it's honestly- Because like
1: really none of those details mattered.
0: No, I could have cut them out entirely
1: yeah none of them mattered and then you could have just been like oh well she had all this money so it makes sense that somebody would want to kill her but also like
0: so you're I saying i could have just laid it out so much easier for you
1: yeah but that's, that's hmm. fun right yeah No, i think i did it the fun way yeah yeah, yeah.
0: i think i think you're very methodical you went through you knew the points that you were supposed to be looking at the parcel the hairpins the canadian paper
1: you know what? I'm going to still say the maid did it because she facilitated by getting receiving the package. So. Right.
0: So you're still wrong because you didn't guess the maid.
1: Well, <laughs> I did at one point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we'll take it as a win, folks.
1: Yeah. I thought, you know, I By those standards, I did guess that she wasn't dead. <laughs>
0: So if, if you liked this episode, uh, again, you can go check out all of Michael's past episodes um, by checking out the description or any past episodes. This is episode 55. Yeah, so. comment
1: with my my correct guest score.
0: Yeah, yeah. Leave a leave a review to the podcast saying the only reason you listen is for Michael's g- guess score. <laughs> or go to the Instagram. You can send me a DM on Instagram. It's Tuesday Night Mystery Club. You can email the show, which is Club at gmail.com. If you want to get podcast updates, again, the Instagram is the place to go. If you would like a character list for listening to these episodes and being able to follow along with the characters, you can go to patreon.com slash Tuesday Night Mystery Club. All Patreon subscribers get a character list, and there's also other bonus content at different tiers, so definitely check that out. The link will also be in the description. And I'd like to thank our current patrons, who are at the Inspector Gamache level, Shelly Tsao, at the Miss Jane Marple level, Michael Borrello. Thanks, babe. Uh, Debbie Kravis, Barb McLean, Emily Shilton, Alex Young-Davies, Stuart Folds, and Ned Wright. Thank you all so much for your support. And without further ado, I think that's everything. Any last words, Michael?
1: Um, we'll get them next time. <laughs> Hashtag facts.
0: (laughs) All right. Bye, guys. Have a good Tuesday night.